0: This podcast provides audio versions of live webinars. Please see the episode description for a link to the full presentation.
1: Welcome to Listen In, a Bite Size Bio podcast series allowing you to access the best of Bite Size Bio webinars wherever you are.
0: Hello, this is Adam Paulson welcoming you to this Bite Size Bio webinar which today is sponsored by Eppendorf. Eppendorf is a biotech company that develops, produces and distributes systems for use in all spheres of life science. The company's broad range of high quality products and systems is used by researchers worldwide to carry out their work efficiently. Today's presentation is titled Reproducibility, Mastering the Art of Perpetting. And is being presented by dr barbara siefka product marketing manager and dr Ulrike gust application specialist manual liquid handling and pipette calibration service both of whom are from eppendorf barbara obtained her phd in developmental biology in 2004 from the university of cologne where she researched the asexual reproduction of jellyfish using molecular biology techniques she went on to gain sales experience at PerkinElmer. And Microcent C-Cloud before joining Eppendorf as product market manager and manual liquid handling certified trainer in 2014. Barbara has been product marketing manager for manual liquid handling solutions in Europe since 2018, and is happily celebrating the 60th anniversary of Eppendorf piston stroke pipettes this year. Ulrika specialises in applications of liquid handling systems and in teaching their correct use. She provides guidance to users to solve difficult pipetting questions and has supported Eppendorf pipette calibration labs in their accreditation process. Ulrika holds a PhD in biology from the University of Tübingen. She has a great deal of practical experience in both the correct use and liquid handling systems and their performance testings. As always, we will have a question and answer session after the presentation. So please type any questions that you have into the questions box, which appears at the bottom of your screen, and I'll put them to Barbara and Ulrika at the end. A link to view the recording of this webinar will be sent to you in due course. So now over to you, Barbara and Ulrika, for the
1: presentation. Thanks so much, Adam, Uh, and welcome everybody. Reproducibility, mastering the art of pipetting. That's our topic today. And we will guide you today through difficult liquids. We will talk about functional principles and pipetting techniques. But first, do we have the right information around us? We checked lots lots of pages uh, uh, on the web and nearly 60% of the found videos around correct pipetting were not fully correct. This webinar should show you the right handling of liquids and we want to eliminate some myths and we'll show you where you can find the right information as mentioned we start with the liquid classes always difficult liquids the most liquids in the life science research are unproblematic aqueous solutions however Often we have also difficult liquids in the lab. This could be volatile liquids, viscous liquids, forming liquids, or some more, but we will focus on these three ones today. But how to handle them all? What should we do with all these difficult or different liquids? Let's have a short view into this video. Are you aware of this problem? This is a um, slightly colored liquid. I will tell you later what it is, or oh, I hope you know what it is and I hope you can see the dripping out of the tip properly. I have the first poll question for you. What kind of liquid do you think this could be? Please choose only one answer. Could that be water? Could that, could that be oil? Could that be ethanol? Or maybe a detergent? And I hope you all see now uh, the pop up window and you can vote. What do you think could that be? Thanks for the results. So lots of you. Are voting for ethanol and this is correct also some of you go for water or detergent let's have a closer look into that volatile liquids are ethanol as shown in the video and most of you gave the correct answer it could be also acetone or chloroform and what is the problem here We have a high vapor pressure of the liquid. And additionally, we have a lower surface tension than water. And the consequences here are that you, as shown in the video, that you have liquid drips out of the pipette tip. And this leads to inaccuracy and also to a non-reproducible result. And we have also contamination risk. You have the evaporation into the pipette cone as shown here the liquid evaporates into the air cushion of the piper tip the higher pressure builds up here and the liquid drips out of the tip what we recommend for this type of liquid the best choice is a positive displacement system maybe you don't know this name but you know the name may be a stepper or dispenser we at Eppendorf call it multipad. If you have no air cushion, you have no problem. And later on, Ulrike will give you some more insights into that system. Another best choice is the Visionized Pipette Pipette Manager system with the Explorer Plus. This system um, has uh, liquids um Stored as a program inside this um, the system, and you can choose uh, between different liquids like here, like ethanol, and when you choose that there's running a program for you, so to say. In that case, for example, pre wetting or pre saturation all working, especially slowly. Or and or. If you want to. Uh, have more information about the Visionized Pipette Manager, please go on the link uh, on our homepage and you find that in the chat now. If you don't have a positive displacement system or the Pipette Manager, we have some tricks for you if you want to use the air cushion pipette. Very important here when using ethanol or other volatile liquids, pre wet more than three times to decrease the frequency of dripping. You can very easily um, uh, try that out um, with a non pre tip with ethanol and a pre-wetted tip. And then you see the difference very easily. But we have to say this is not sufficient with very high vapor pressure chemicals like acetone or chloroform. The reverse pipetting technique um, can also um, an idea to decrease the error but this will not avoid the dripping this will only reduce it a bit and you should adjust the pipette temporarily to the liquid according to the user manual this is our application note 198. what we found on the web uh, the recommendation of positive displacement is really rarely found on the internet And this is a bit astonishing for us, because it is the best choice. Here I have the next video for you. Are you maybe aware of this problem in the lab? Sorry, in the lab. Um, As you can see here, um, there are bubbles inside the tip or inside the liquid. And another effect you will see while dispensing. Now here, a huge residue was building up um, inside the tip. So we have remaining liquid inside the tip. This is a viscous liquid. And we would like to know from you, how do you solve this problem in the lab? So this time you can choose more than one answer. You can aspirate or dispense extreme slowly. Or you can simply ignore the residue on the tip. Maybe you use a reverse pipetting technique. Maybe you cut the tip. Or you use a positive displacement device. So I'm happy or I'm very curious about your answers. (laughs) So let's have a look into that soon. Here we are. Okay most of you are voting for aspirate and dispense extremely slowly this is really really good answer to ignore the residue is uh is rare and this is also very good but also we see that some people are cutting the tip and uh let's have a closer look into that how users solve the problem with cutting the tip some people are doing that. And here we make an experiment uh, to show the influence of cutting of tips on the pipetting error. And what you can see here is a systematic error and the distance of the cut off above the orifice. So, orifice is the opening of the piper tip. And shown here is pipetting water with a non cutter tip and with a cutter tip. Of two centimeter distance, and the blue bar here—the uh, blue bar here—is uh, the no- normal error limit for this volume of thousand microliters. And you see, with water and no cutted tip, it's a great result. With cutting the tip, even when you're only um, pipetting water, you are much higher than the error limits. And this effect is higher with glycerol. when you're uh, you're not cutting the tip um, you have um, you are inside the error limits but when you cut the tip to use glycerol with 50% then you are far away or far above uh, the error limits so you see cutting the tip is not the best idea unfortunately this tip is really often recommended on the web. So what are viscous liquids beside glycerol? It could be blood, it could be mineral oil, and mineral oil was a liquid we used in the video before. And the problem here is uh, viscosity, the fluid resistance. You have a higher inner friction, and these liquids have a higher density than water the consequences are um, you have an inaccuracy because of a poor flow behavior because of the risk of air bubbles and drop formation and you have leftovers inside the tip as you can see here and as you saw in the video and this leads to um Really poorly reproducible results. Here we show it uh, in another way. Now we used or we tried to pipette 50 microliters of 85% glycerol. And this is a normal pipetting um, technique, a forward technique with an air cushion pipette. And as you can see here, the different pipetting steps are very, very diverse. These are not reproducible results. When you are doing the same with the reverse pipetting technique, the results are a bit better, I would say. They are not so diverse, but they are still not at the 50 microliters. But when you use a multipad or, in general, a positive displacement system, then the results are really, really um, reproducible, as you can see here. So, as um, hopefully obvious shown uh, in the diagram before, the best choice is again, the positive displacement system. I know I'm repeating myself, but we have no air cushion and we have no problem. And again, the vision is pipette manager with the Explorer Plus could be a, a very good choice. Beside the predefined liquid types in the pipette manager, you have you can also define your own liquid types here is uh, viscous liquids and um, you can enter these values you will always find everywhere um, for your liquid um, the dynamic viscosity and then you define your own liquid type if you want to um, pipette viscous liquids with an air cushion pipette then as most of you uh, answered really right, work extremely slowly. And this is not so easy with an um, mechanical pipette. So the recommendation is here to use an electronic air cushion pipette. Also the reverse pipetting decreases the error because we have a residue anyway in the tip. But I have to point out it decreases the error, but it not eliminates it. And again, here it could be of uh, good help if you adjust the pipette temporarily to the liquid according to the user manual. I have no other video for you. I'm sorry for that. <laughs> but uh, I have another poll question for you foaming liquids. How do you pipette foaming liquids? And you can choose again more answers than one use a positive displacement device could be one choice aspirate dispense extreme slowly and or ignore the form in the tip what do you think yeah i like these answers very good so to ignore it is not the best idea that's it's correct use a positive displacement device it's a very good idea and uh, when you work with air cushion aspirate and dispense extreme slowly Very good. So with the forming liquids. um, First, what are they? These are liquids um, contains uh, detergents. That could be in the lab, mostly protein solutions with high concentrations, for example, PCR master mixes, or cell culture media.
0: We hope you're enjoying this episode of Listen In from Bite Size Bio. To access the visuals of this webinar, please see the episode description for a link to the full presentation.
1: The problem here is you have an increase of bubble and foam formation, and you have additionally a change in the wetting behavior of the liquid, sorry. And you have additionally a stickiness to the surface. And the consequences are Detergent sticks to the tip wall here in the picture you see a blue colored detergent and you see hopefully very good um, that this is that should be an empty uh, pipette tip, but uh, the liquid sticks to the inner wall of the tip. You have foam within the pipette. And the blowout um, used normally while pipetting leads to bubble or foam formation and splashes. So again, the best choice here is the positive displacement system. And again, I have to repeat myself, no air cushion, no problem. And also here, the visionized pipette manager um, could help out. You have um, uh, another um, predefined liquid type, uh, the enzymes and antibodies and um, here again as i mentioned before a program runs behind and in this case um, working very slowly and without a blowout if you would like still to work with an air cushion pipette as most of you mentioned work extremely slowly and again the recommendation is here you are not able to work such um such slowly uh with a mechanical pipette uh, please use an electronic pipette and rika will tell you a bit more about that um in the next slides. avoid performing a blowout when you have foaming liquids you can apply the reverse pipetting technique always an electronic pipe at the dispensing mode And you can uh, use Piper tips with a low retention functionality. There are different companies, uh, including Appendorf uh, offers um, low retention tips. So these are our information about difficult liquids. And if you would like to know more, we have a liquid guide for you on on our homepage. It's under the Appendorf handling solutions. And there you find the liquid guide with lots of more information, with videos, diagrams, and so on. So please have a look there. And you find the link now, hopefully, in the chat. And now I hand over to
2: Erika. Thank you so much, Barbara, for sharing um, some practical um, examples uh, for, yeah, challenging liquids. So by this we have seen that there are some liquids um, that push the air cushion pipets to their limits. And in such cases, we have seen um, that it is better to use a different liquid handling system. And Barbara already mentioned the uh, positive displacement instrument. So this is also an example um, for um, the fact that there are uh, varying uh, requirements of of the different applications uh, in the lab and uh, that we need different tools um, to really answer that accurately. And uh, for that reason, there uh, exists a large bouquet of options. So think of the different instrument models and the different volume variants and the tips uh, with the different features like filters or a certain purity grades. Alone, the Eppendorf catalog shows about a thousand solutions. The interesting question now is when to use which. And in order to help you a little bit through this question, it makes sense to step back and differentiate a little bit by the, name, uh, by the main functional principles. And these are the air cushion versus the positive displacement, mechanic versus electronic, and handheld versus automated. Let us start with the air cushion versus positive displacement instruments. To understand when to use them, we need to take a look uh, at the construction of these tools. The air cushion pipette basically basically consists of air. (laughs) Okay, there are also uh, a piston and some mechanics enabling you to move the piston. But in principle, it is a piston moving air. And when a tip is attached and immersed into water, the system moves the liquid too. It's a very simple system. Unfortunately, The air cushion is sensitive to influencing factors such as temperature, holding angle, or other liquids than water. And as a rule of thumb, the bigger the air cushion, the bigger becomes the pipetting error induced by these influencing factors. And this brings up a question. Wouldn't it be good to have no air cushion at all? Indeed, we have seen challenging liquids are transferred best with a so-called positive displacement instrument. Here, the piston is built into the tip, not into the instrument. And that has the great advantage that the liquid runs up to the piston and the air cushion is avoided with a little exception of a small air bubble. Influencing factors on the air cushion do not come into play anymore. And uh, since the piston wipes the tip clean, even sticky liquids like blood or glycerol can be transferred accurately. For these reasons, a positive displacement instrument is a perfect solution when pipetting challenging liquids. Let us now take a look at the electronic pipettes. Electronic pipettes are more ergonomic uh, than the mechanical ones because you do not have to move the piston. The electronic pipette does this for you. So it supports you in terms of ergonomics when you have to process an increased throughput Additionally, the range of the functions is bigger. They simply offer more modes. Um, This is what you can see here on this uh, little um, pop-up. So there is uh, a number of the different modes of typically um, programmed into electronic pipettes. And while with a mechanical pipette, you can only pipette, the electronic one also offers, for example, a dispensing option which is especially helpful when filling plates. This mode enables an efficient working as you will be faster when filling the plate by the dispensing mode. The third interesting aspect, although rarely mentioned in the internet, um, is the improved reproducibility, sorry, the improved reproducibility um, of electronic pipettes. This graph shows the result of a study focusing the random error of pipetting at different volumes. As shown by the blue bars, pipetting with mechanic pipettes had a higher random error as pipetting with electronic pipettes, which is displayed by the green bars. The study was performed with skilled and well-trained lab personnel. The within run precision and the between run precision is better when the pipetting is done using an electronic pipette. And this means the electronic pipette helps to increase the reproducibility of your results. This phenomenon is caused by the motorization of the piston. Hmm. Let us stay a little longer with this topic. You can lower the human error by applying good pipetting techniques. Barbara is going to show or to give you more input on this um, in a minute. We have seen that electronic pipettes further help in reducing this error, but there is an option beyond totally avoiding the human factor in pipetting. And this is the automation. Here you do not hold the pipette anymore, but the pipettings are done completely automated. The reproducibility is top. There are a number of advantages coming with an automation. But there is one more factor I would like to highlight. When you are pipetting tasks often become very complex and you need to concentrate very heavily for longer, delay to, sorry, for longer du- durations, um, automated systems be, can be of enormous help. An example is the normalization in the frame of NGS. Here, every cavity of a plate is to be filled with a different diluent volume a task that can only be solved by a single channel pipette as every well is to be filled with a different volume of water. Those uh, of you who are doing normalization will agree that it is exhausting to repeatedly search the table for the needed volume, setting it on the pipette and pipetting the water into the correct well, 96 times or even more. It is so much easier to just upload your Excel file with the dilution calculation and press the start button on your automation. So far, about the three most important functional principles, but there's one more thing uh, that needs to be mentioned. And um, I'm now having a question to you. What do you think? How much does a piper tip impact the pipetting result? Is it 10% or 25% or do you uh, say or guess it's 50% just give it a guess. And maybe you are surprised. Okay, so the. um, Votings come in now, thank you very much, so most of you say it's um, 25%. And. um, as I said, you might be surprised, um, the ISO 8655, which is something like the Bible um, in liquid handling, um, um, that uh, yeah, shows that the, um, that the pipetting error caused by the piper tip uh, can be up to 50%. And uh, this is quite a bit. And uh, here, I think it is important to understand that the pipet and the tip really build a system and the tip, although being a single used item, uh, may have a great influence on the pipetting result. So it should be chosen with the same care as the pipette. This is due to the fact um, that pipettes are adjusted to a certain tip. Or, let's be more precise, um, the pipette is adjusted to the shape of the tip. The tip shape defines, for example, the air cushion size inside the tip. On this picture, you can see an Eppendorf 1000 microliter tip on the left. On the right-hand side, there are some competitors. Watch out for the difference in length between these tips. Manufacturer-wise, an Eppendorf 1000 microliter pipette will be adjusted to the Eppendorf tip on the left. When it is then used with one of the tips on the right, it will show an increased error and needs to be adjusted to the air cushion size of this alternative tip. This physical principle is true for all air cushion pipettes in general. Now, what can you do if you wish to use an other manufacturer tip? You should look out for the tip-induced influencing factors such as tip fit, shape of the tip, or quality of the tip orifice. So when you are introducing alternative tips, we recommend doing a performance test of this new system to check its accuracy. Send the pipette together with the alternative tips to a calibration lab. They will check and if needed, adjust the pipette. All right, so this was an overview uh, of the main functional principles. Next slide, please. And now it's up to you are to make the right decision for your application. So when being in doubt about the right tool, please feel free to apply our selection guide. You can find the PDF in the chat now. So it is time now to turn back to the air cushion pipettes. Again, the air cushion is sensitive to influencing factors and thus it is important to have a good pipetting technique. Barbara is now sharing with you the most important aspects. Thanks Ulrike. Yeah, let's have a closer look into the pipetting
1: techniques. As shown before, using the right tool is one part of the metal. But using it in the right way is something a bit different. And because we showed you before that the most problems um, caused by an air cushion, uh, we will focus here on the air cushion pipettes. So this is uh, where the problems arise. Here's a short overview about um, all the things you, have, you should have in mind when you aspirate and dispense liquids. To choose the right pipette volume is important. The small immersion depths, the holding angle, the pre-wetting or also the pre-saturation of the pipette tip, the slow and uniform piston movement, and the delay before taking the tip out of the liquid these are all the things to have in mind when aspirating and when you dispense a liquid the holding angle um, is different than while aspirating you should release a liquid against the wall of the vessel and only if you have small volumes you should release the liquid directly uh, the liquid in the tip directly into the liquid of the vessel we will focus on these three ones uh, the right pipetting volume the holding angle and the slow and uniform piston movement and if you would like to have more information on all the other topics you will receive the source uh, of that um, later on first i have again a poll question to you you want to pipette 10 microliter you have three pipettes available with each of them you can pipette 10 microliters what would be your choice you have a pipette of 0.5 to 10 microliters a pipette of 2 to 20 microliters and, or a pipette of 10 to 100 microliters and i'm curious what do you think what could be the best choice let's have a look into the results okay the very good again so 10 microliters and 20 microliters or 20 microliters most uh, voted um pipette but not the 100 and I'm happy to see that so we have an experienced audience here I will show you why you choose the right answer Here is shown the systematic error while pipetting 10, 20, or 100 microliter uh, with 10, 20, and 100 microliter pipettes, and pipetting 10 microliters. The systematic error with the 10 microliter pipette is 1%. With a 20 microliter, it's only a bit higher. But when you see the result of the 100 microliters, we have a um, systematic error of three percent and this is a lot so our recommendation is choose a pipette always with the smallest possible air cushion as we've shown before the air cushion causes problems so when as uh, the smaller the air cushion is uh, the more reproducible is your result or we can say the closer the aspirated volume um, to the nominal volume is the more accurate the dothing is this factor is very rarely mentioned uh, in, on the web how important this is and i'm wondering about that because you have normally all these pipettes in your lab so it's easy for you to to select the right one but yeah you don't find so much information on that Let's talk about the holding angle or let's first have a video uh, to show that.
0: Our second topic is the pipetting angle. When aspirating liquids, you need to hold the pipette as vertically as possible. I will show you why this is beneficial with a series of eight samples.
2: Whoops. There we go. The more you tilt the pipette, the more variations
0: you will get in a series of samples, since hydrostatic pressure in the tip changes with the angle. The more you tilt the pipette, the more liquid you'll dispense. It's difficult to control this effect, since the variations are too small to see with the naked eye. For
1: best results, just keep the pipette as vertically as possible. So here shown again the aspirate, uh, aspirating. Um, you have to take care on the holding angle. Hold the pipette as vertical as possible during the aspiration, ideally at an angle of 0%, uh, 0 degrees. Sorry for that. And again, in the web there is often mentioned it is OK um, to have an holding angle up to 20%. But why they recommend that? You will aspirate more volume even if it is small amount more. And also, it will not possible for you to have always an angle of 20%. You have to estimate it. So we would really recommend to have always the angle of um, zero degree. And here is also shown uh, in a graph um, the vertical holding angle and an angle of over 45% when you hold it like, like that uh, in the lab. And I would say we see it often uh, in, in videos to have it like that. Um, and these are res- results when you do it like that. You want to um, pipette 1000 microliters and here we have 1006 microliters around 1006 or 1005 microliters while have a high, um, or have the wrong uh, holding angle while vertical pipetting leads to a a really accurate and reproducible pipetting the third aspect of pipetting technique is working slowly today we have the problem we have to work fast and we are always in a hurry and um, yeah it's a high pressure i would say in the lab and um, this is not the best choice while pipetting because it's a very precise technique. And here we say, slowly working is key. And as shown here in the picture, you have, um, you have the sea and you have the fog over the sea. The same happens in your air cushion pipette. You have aerosols above your liquid. And the faster you are working, um or pulling the button vigorously the liquid scatters into the pipette and you have um lots of aerosols in the pipette that leads to contamination on the one side and it leads to um, uh, inaccuracy on the other side so to work really slowly especially as shown before uh, with uh, some difficult liquids please choose an electronic device. Um, Here is shown our Explorer Plus or the Multipad E3X. And here you can see we have um, speed buttons and you should select for difficult liquids, not always, not when you work with water, but for for problematic liquids, you can choose um, the slowest speed of one to pipe it very, very slowly. And this uh, leads to very reproducible results. Also, this is very rarely mentioned in the web, how important slowly working is and why, for sure. Um, And Barbara, may (laughs) I hook
2: in here, briefly? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, please. Uh, um, There is one more aspect about the pipetting speed. Um, And this is a factor that can be important when pipetting functional units um, like proteins or genomic DNA or cells. And this is the shearing. And um, in order to to understand the shear force, um, we need to understand two physical contexts. Firstly, liquids move faster in narrow tubes than they do in tubes with a bigger diameter. And secondly, there is a velocity gradient from the wall to the middle. So towards the wall of a tube or of a -a piper chip, the liquid speed is zero. And in the middle, it is fastest. We know this phenomenon from, for example, from rivers um, and where where they flow very fast in the middle and um, towards the shore, shore they are rather slow. For your cells, um, the uh, genomic DNA or the proteins, this velocity gradient um, between the wall and the middle is quite important. So the bigger the gradient, the higher is the shear force. And this means that on the other hand, that you have two options to decrease the shear force. The first option is the tip's diameter and the second option is the pipetting speed. And uh, for pipetting liquids uh, which contain functional units, like DNA cells, uh, or let's say genomic DNA cells, um, proteins, etc. We recommend applying an electronic pipette, which is set to a low speed, or if not the lowest speed. Um, Please note here that different manufacturer of electronic pipettes offer very different speeds. Um, So I can, of course, only speak for the Eppendorf Explorer pipette here. Um, You may now ask what or why not using a mechanical pipette? And the answer is that all of us really tend to pipette too fast. An, an, an electronic pipette ensures pipetting with a very low speed, with an even liquid movement, and in a reproducible way. And these are factors that are beneficial for lowering the ris- risk of shearing and making the experiment itself reproducible. Now, decreasing the pipetting speed paved the way for a safe transfer of most functional units. However, um, if you're working with very, very sensitive molecules um, or cells, um, even the lowest pipetting speed may be too high. And in this case, it can be meaningful to additionally apply a whiteboard tip. We have performed a number of experiments about shear force in liquid handling and uh, its influence on the cell viability. And there is an application note coming in November, showing the results and explaining this in more detail. So for those of you who are working with such functional units, please stay tuned. And I
1: saw Ulrike um, that we have just uh, came out the Bionews of Bionews news um, with an no. outlook uh, <laughs> on that topic. <laughs> That's true. But I uh, have to ask you, should we talk about shortly also um, about maintenance of pipettes?
2: Um, yes, yeah. I would say it's an important topic, too. Oh, yes, it is. Yeah, you're completely right. Um, Uh, So we have spoken about examples for challenging liquids now um, about functional principles and we have um, also talked about examples for good pipetting techniques. Um, But um, as you said this, uh, the the, the performance of the um, liquid handling system itself um, is also quite important. And uh, next slide please. Um, Sorry. (laughs)
1: now it works
2: (laughs) so let's uh, thank you very much so let's have a look um at at this graph um it shows the performance of a pipette in standard use and what you can see is that it alters slightly um, uh, the performance over time so when applying a trend line here we can forecast that it will exceed the red marked error limits approximately in august 2022 so how can this be and why do pipettes alter their performance? That's the next question I would like to explain to you. So it's because pipettes contain wear out parts, um, just as you know it from your car or from your your bicycle. Um, So you know that a new tire has a good grip and a worn out one offers only a poor grip. And in worst case, the uh, worn out one may even burst. Um, And due to the abrasion and the aging process, um, tires are wear out parts. And uh, pipettes also contain wear out parts. For example, the piston seal that uh, seals the air cushion. Another example is the O-rings on the cones of the same model of some models um, of pipettes. And uh, factors like the frequency of the use or the aggressiveness of the transferred liquids influence also the lifetime of such wear out parts. So in order to keep the pipettes at top performance and to avoid downtimes, they should become maintained and checked on a regular basis. The checks are called calibration um, and the maintenance is as, as well as the calibration can be done uh, by a pipette calibration lab. Okay, Barbara, this brings us towards the end of this webinar. Um, we have shown you today uh, that the reproducibility of a pipetting result is influenced by the liquid, the selection of the right tool, or let's say of the most suitable liquid handling system. It is influenced also by your pipetting technique and by the maintenance status of your pipette. Barbara, would you like to add something? Yeah, only
1: i have uh, only a bit <laughs> <laughs> i have uh, one or two last slides for you so if you want to know even more as adam mentioned uh, at the very beginning <clears throat> we celebrate 60 years of pipetting or of pipettes now uh, at appendorf so in uh, 1961 we um we brought the first um, air cushion pipette um, into the market, and so we celebrate the 60 years with a, with a very informative um, ebook. It's called "The Science of Pipetting to Perfection," and you can um, download it on our homepage. But uh, we would like to thank you uh, to your participation into that this webinar, and so you will receive this ebook as a PDF um, later on. So, and there are all this information mentioned um, today and much more information, um, so I hope you you like it and uh, you will find it useful. My last slide is only to summarize what we wanted to um, tell you, Rika summarized um, the, the main topics, but I would focus more on think about the source of your online information. Um, so-called experts um, showing videos and the web are not always the right choice of information the best idea to search for for valuable um information is um or our knowledge databases either from manufacturers of pipettes and tips or um also the calibration service companies they are working the whole day um on on calibrating pipettes and they are very uh very good sources for good information an example could be here an us-based company called artel this is a very trustful information base uh, to have really really good information on all that so please don't trust always the information in the web go to reliable sources to find the correct information that's it from my side uh, site and thanks so much uh, for your audience now you know the art of pipetting.
0: Well, thank you, um, uh, Barbara and Ulrika. That was an excellent presentation, very interesting. Uh, we have a number of questions from the audience, and uh, if anyone else has a question, please feel free to post it in the, the questions box, which appears at the bottom of uh, the screen. So, um, coming to the first question, uh, to either of you, uh, Barbara or Ulrike, Uh, This question is from Andy, who wants to know, what do you recommend for perpetuating a high concentrated sulfuric acid?
2: Okay, sulfuric acid. Um, Yeah, so there are a a number of of options. Um, So first of all, we have learned today that the best uh, um, option always is the um, positive displacement principle. again, I would like to, to highlight that uh, the piston is built into the tip. Um, and this um, has the advantage that um, I would say it is a more safe um, yeah, way to transfer an aggressive liquid like sulfuric acid. Um, so, th- of course, when we are talking about aggressive um, acids, we have also to, to talk about um, chemical uh, compatibility. So, um, are the materials of, of the liquid handling system um, resistant to uh, this chemicals. And uh, with the um, multi pad and combi tip system, which is our um, um, positive displacement system, um, I can say that is okay. Um, and uh, if you are, but it, you could also, um, yeah, do it with a with a um, normal air cushion pipette. Um, although I would as said, recommend the positive displacement system. But you could also do it with an air cushion pipette. And uh, therefore, we offer our customers on the website a, co- a chemical uh, resistance chart for our pipette. So um, you can check out um, if you have also other aggressive uh, chemicals, um, organic solvents, or you know bases or assets, um, then you can check it um, if, if there's a chemical compatibility there. Um, when we are talking about uh, the air cushion pipettes and sulfuric acid, please take into account that the density of this uh, liquid is h- much higher than that of water, um, and that means that uh, due to the air cushion um, inside the air cushion pipette, uh, you will um, have or you are going to um, pipette a smaller volume uh, than you set on your, on your pipette. So, um, again, this speaks for the positive displacement principle because there's no air cushion.
0: Thank you, Ulrike. Um, So, the next question, Barbara, this one is for you, and this is from uh, Vine who who asks, uh, do we have to pre-wet pipettes every time?
1: Hey, Vine uh, and thanks for your question. Um, uh, I will answer it. Um, it's... We, yeah what is the answer it depends so um, the the main question you have to ask yourself how correct um has to be your result if you have to work um in a very controlled um area and you need it can be very very high precise results um then uh we would recommend for uh, the most liquids um, to um, to a pre-wet but you don't have to do it for example with aqueous solutions in general because it's not such necessary and on the other side for um, foaming li- foaming liquids for example um, this is not a good recommendation because you you um, increase um, the error type so, um, for difficult liquids like ethanol, um, it is more than recommended. For aqua solutions, um, I would say you, you don't need it um, um, if your SOP is not recommending it, so, means uh, your standard operation procedure um, of your protocol. Um, from your company you don't have to do it always but you should have it in mind that this is in some cases very very um, um helpful and and leads to more reproducible results yes i hope thank that you, answers Barbara. The question. Mm-hmm. Thank,
0: thank you very much uh Ulrika, the next question is uh, from you uh this is from anna who begins by saying hello and thank you for an extremely informative webinar and then she asks, um, I find pipetting small volumes of less than 10 microliters very problematic. After dispensing the liquid, I often find residues in the tip, but I'm not sure that the problem originates from the type of liquid, since my lab mates do not have the same problem when using the same reactors. Do you have any recommendations on how I can solve this problem? For me, it is very worrying because I'd like to improve my PCR performance.
2: Yeah, okay. Thank you, Anna, for this um uh, for this question, Um yeah, uh, small volumes um, can be quite troubling. I, I totally agree. Um, and the smaller the volume becomes the more, you know, the trouble, the, the greater the trouble is. Um I'm I don't know uh, what type of um, pipette you are using or uh, which volume variant you are using. Um, so always keep with a uh, very small air cushion if possible. So, um, pipette, the 10 microliter with a 10 microliter pipette instead of using a 10 to 100 microliter pipette, for example. Um, So that would would be the first thing. The second, um, also check out for the tip quality. Um, I don't know whether you have uh, different um, pipette tips in your lab. Sometimes that happens. Um, Just uh, make sure that uh, you have tips with a good quality because um, I have feedbacks from the market, um, where especially the pipetting of small um, uh, liquid volumes uh, can be troubling. Um, and uh, yeah, most important um, uh, is probably um, really uh, pipet slowly. Um, and when you are doing the pipetting, um, just do not only, you know, l- let lift up the thumb, but then, um, wait a minute and leave the, the tip inside the liquid wait a minute um, well, not a minute but wait a short time let's say count 20 21 22 23 and then take it out of the um, out of the liquid and when you uh, dispense the liquid also um, be careful do it into a um, pipette into a um, already you know placed liquid in uh, that was previously pla- placed in the in the tube or pipet towards the wall. So do not do this free jet um, pipetting um, because that helps the liquid to really run out of the the tip. And of course, because you are mentioning um, PCR, um, I don't know um, whether you may use another, you know, PCR master mix or things like that. Um, So master mixes are different and they can trouble because they contain detergents or, yeah, tend to be slightly whiskers um, and also here um, there may be difference between the reagents really um, and uh, that that can also be um, troubling so i mean if we are talking about pipetting 10 uh, microliter i always recommend really to pipe it into liquid that was already placed in in the tube or in the plate uh, and then you can uh, pipe it up and down to really make sure that everything runs out of the tip um, in case you are working with, for example, a slightly whiskers liquid. So that was a bunch of, <laughs> of options now. <laughs> and uh, from my answer, you already maybe get an idea um, how difficult it, it sometimes is to solve customers' problems because we do not know the background. So we don't know uh, with which volume they are working, which piper tips they are using, um, which um, liquids they're really uh, actually pipetting and, and and so there's always a bunch of options or possibilities that uh, can or may cause this uh, trouble. But I hope maybe with one of my answers, um, I, I hit the core <laughs> to help you. Otherwise, please, um, yeah, get back in contact with uh, with Appendorf, um And then, uh, yeah, um, tr- we can try to solve the, uh, your problem. Thank you.
0: Thank you Ulrika. Uh, Barbara, a question for you. This one from uh, Anna Mehta who, who asks, uh, uh, should a mechanical pipe tests be stored vertically and when stored should they be on the biggest volume to preserve the spring inside? Um, to the
1: first part, um, so the the most important thing is never lay down a pipette with a pipette tip, and especially with a filled filled pipette tip. So then you have to hold it and store it always vertical, but you should not store it with a pipette tip on it. But um, in general, it's often mentioned, um, but you can lay down your pipette, this is not a problem. Um, In general, as I mentioned, without uh, any tip or liquid, but um i would recommend uh, to to have sorted out uh, more uh, on the table to have it uh, in a in a vertical option and um adam can you um, um, repeat the second part to have it on a thousand uh, on the on the nominal volume position was it right
0: uh, that's correct yeah on the biggest so, volume uh, uh,
1: to to be honest i never heard about that um
2: before Ulrike, do you have um, more knowledge on that Topic? No, no, um, but um, there are a lot of myths out there. Um, so you can, um, if you put it in, in, in the pipette into the um, pipetting stand, you can just, you know, leave it. it you don't have to set it to a thousand microliter when it is, for example, a thousand microliter uh, pipette. We call it the nominal nominal volume, by the way. So the the volume you can, uh, the maximum volume you can, you can um, of of the volume range. Um, Printed on the pipe, is called the nominal volume, um, but there is no need really to to store it at the nominal volume.
1: For me, it was always new. I never <laughs> had that question, but it's it's funny. You can work for years uh, with a topic, and you <laughs> have always new questions. Thanks for that. So interesting question.
0: Thank you, Barbara. Uh, Ulrike, the next one's uh, for you, and this is from uh, John, who, who asks um, in calibration of. Of pipettes is the standard all over the world, since many companies are involved in production.
2: Okay, um, the calibration. Um, I, I don't get the uh, really the. Um, I have problem to bring together the production and the calibration. So, um, when you are um, thinking about the um, calibration in uh, calibration service labs, um, so there are. Um, of course, different uh, quality standards, let's put it this way. Um, uh, and and if, you have a, or if you have the need or you wish to um, choose the highest quality standard, then you should choose an accredited calibration lab. Um, regarding the production, um, so our pipettes, I can only speak for, for Appendorf, um, our pipettes are manufactured in Hamburg in Germany, so they are not different manufacturing sites. Um, and of course, the, um, the um, production or in production um, calibration and, and checking and the, uh, the quality control uh, is also done in Hamburg. Does it somewa- somehow answer your question? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Okay, well, I hope so. Thanks, Ulrike. Um, actually, uh, the next question is also for you. Um, this is from Khalid, who asks, what is the lifetime of a mechanical pipette?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, the lifetime is as long as uh, you keep it maintained. Um, so, if when we speak about a mechanical pipette, Eppendorf gives three years uh, warranty, um, but uh, to my knowledge, um, and I get feedback from a number, of, from, from a lot of customers, um, also through these trainings, um, who say, "Oh, I um, opened a drawer and there was an old Eppendorf piper that was more than 20 years old and it's still working." Um, yeah, this is completely true. So I mean, it's mechanics inside, and these mechanics it's like a, you know, a, like a watch, um, and and uh, yeah, it's it's working forever, so to say, um, and. Uh, the only thing you could, you should take care of is that you maintain your pipettes especially when you're working with, um, you know, for example, um, contaminating solutions, um, you have to make sure that nothing, you know, sticks in the cone or, yeah, um, disturbs um, the, the functionality of, of, of the piston, for example. Um, so clean them, maintain them, send them to calibration, or do the calibration yourself if you can. Uh, and then you will have, yeah, a very long lifetime of your pipette, so there's no end date. <laughs>
0: <laughs> thanks, Eureka. Uh this next question I think is very interesting and and this Euka is also for you, I think. um there are instances uh, this one's from silo uh, Marquez who who asks, there are instances where labs reuse pipettes for various reasons. What are your thoughts on this, and how is reusing the tips? Um, uh, how does that affect low retention function of the tips?
2: Yeah, to reuse pipettes is completely, is completely okay. Um, as said, just make sure when you take them over that um, they are uh, sent them to a calibration lab or make the maintenance yourself and the calibration, just to make sure that the, the, everything's okay with the, with the device. Reusing of the tips is a different uh, question. So um, the, the pipette tip is a single use item. And um, that does not mean that you, uh, that you are only allowed to make only one um, pipetting with it. Um, so we all know that, uh, for example, if we do a dispensing of a plate, uh, we attach the pipette tips um, to a multi-channel pipet and, and uh, use it for the full plate. So that's obviously more than one um, pipetting step. And this is fully OK. What you should not do is, you know, wash the pipette tips and reuse them again because there is a, a contamination risk, of course. Um, how to get that clean, really? Um, and uh, the second point is that um, you have a, you know, there are molecules um, of the water um, um, uh, going along the the pipette wall. Uh, sorry, the tips wall. And um, after I, I, don't know. We have I have no. Um, real number in my head now, but um, after a high number of um, um, yeah, movements of these molecules, uh, the surface of the, of the tip may be uh, um, um, yeah, affected, and uh, the um, liquid may uh, tend to retend a little bit more, uh, but this is nothing that you should make, um, yeah, be really concerned about. Um, as long as you are completely safe, as long as you are, um, you know, attaching your tips, filling your plate, and that's it, and then you throw it away.
0: Okay, um, th- uh, thanks Ulrika. Uh, Barbara, um, this question's for you from Laura, who asks, when you use the same uh, pipette tip multiple times, the pipette, uh, to pipette the same volume, what will be the influence on this, on the pipetting error, and uh, when do you need to change tips?
1: Hey Laura, uh, and thanks for your question. Um, a good question. We we had the topic um, shortly before, but but not in the in the presentation itself. Is a pre-wetting. Um, so there is always an influence, and you find also diagrams on that uh, on our um, landing page in the in the handling solutions. Um, that when you pre-wet um, your pipette tip um three four five times uh, you come closer to the correct volume and when you pipe it then um i don't know 10 times with the same pipe tip um you stay on the same volume but this is maybe for expert solutions or more unproblematic solutions as i mentioned before when when you use foaming um liquids um you should um very often change your piper tip because the the problem with the foaming increases always when you pipe it again and again and again with the same piper tip and so it again as we always have to point that out it depends totally on the on the liquid you're using and on on your approach um, or application so I would say with 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 uh, unproblematic liquids uh, you can use it I can tell you a number but you can use it more often. the same tip with problematic liquids with ethanol for example there is a pre-wetting very important so um, there is better you do it more than one time to pipette a pre-wet first and then you can do it uh, different times then the problem decreases with foaming it increases when you use a pipette tip uh, lots of times so um, yeah it's really the question of um, of the liquid and if you want to know more please um, give us a hint um, directly and then we can talk about that thank
0: you thanks barbara actually staying with you there uh, this question is from john who asks uh, what ways are there to test the performance of a pipette in the lab
1: good question thanks so much and um, it's really um, recommended to do some tests uh, in the lab a very easy thing is um, that you make a leak test or leakage test with your pipette, and everybody can do it um, on their own. Um, to um, yeah, to to fit the tip um, to the to the um, to the pipette, and use water and hold the pipette really vertically and wait one minute. And if you see not only drops, like in the video of the of the um, of the ethanol, um, but um, also if you see only a very very small building up um, of, of a bubble, then maybe um, your pipette is not um, is not in, in a good um, shape or the system is not good. So pipette or the Uh, pipette tip fits not well to the pipette and this is the first test you can do and maybe it depends again how how accurate your um applications need to be um you can do it every day every week every month um this is very easy and with higher volumes if you have uh, a um um what is a wording uh, a balance um maybe with a thousand a hundred microliter pipette you should um, sometimes try to um, pipette that on on your balance and and check out if the results are um the same as they should be um but this is not possible in the most cases for for small volumes and so we would recommend um like um I, I saw another question from another person uh the the um the periods of calibration the iso norm, this is sort of say our bible um recommends uh, one time a year a calibration and this then there will be checked everything really properly also the things you are not able to do in your lab but it depends on your uh, standard operation procedure in the lab if you have to do it much more often, maybe every six months or every three months. But the leakage test and maybe to check with a balance with, a, with bigger volumes, you can do on your own in your lab. I hope that answers your question,
0: John. Yes, uh, thank you, Barbara. Um, I think you also answered someone else's question there at the same time, <laughs> so that's very helpful. Thank you. Um, Ulrika. this question's for you. Um, and this is uh, from Eleftheria. Uh, who asks, uh, when reverse pipetting, is it correct to do serial pipetting? Or do we uh, have to use a different pipette every time?
2: Um, yeah, that's a good question. Um, So reverse pipetting means that you have uh, that that you leave a certain amount of liquid in your tip, um, which is to be discarded then. So uh, the advantage is that most, for example, when doing uh, or pipetting viscous liquids, that uh, yeah, the error will you know be in that um, volume that you discard afterwards. So from that side, that is now that speaks nothing against uh, doing a serial dispensing um, with the reverse pipetting, to my eyes.
0: Okay, thanks. And the, the, the same person actually also asked, uh, can we pipette phenol with plastic tips?
2: <laughs> yeah, okay. I just, uh, in parallel, um, I just uh, checked out our um, chemical compatibility um, chart. And um, so, I do not recommend in this case, uh, yeah, to, to go for the positive displacement uh, principle, surprisingly. Um, So, phenol is an organic uh, solvent. Um, So, from that side, uh, the the, the multi-fat or the positive displacement principle would be the right choice. But um, we have an inconsistency, or let's say we have um, an advantage uh, with the uh, chemical compatibility with uh, phenol. So, when you use it very, very short, it should, it, it might be okay, but you sh- uh, you should not um, um, have it in longer contact. So um, the other option, the air cushion pipette, um, would be okay, but also there is a but. Um, so the polypropylene is resistant to phenol, um, but the um, the seals in the pipette are not. Um, so when you um, wish to um, Pipet uh, phenol with an air cushion pipet, uh, then you should uh, take care to have a very short interaction time and take in uh, uh, or keep in mind that you um, have a higher um, maintenance frequen- frequency because this um, piston seal will, you know, yeah, wear out faster. This is what I meant with aggressive liquids uh, um, in during the webinar. So. Yeah, phenol actually really is uh, one of the liquids that uh, are a little bit problematic. Yeah, that's true. So go for positive displacement only if you have um, smaller volumes. And if you have, uh, you know, short, very short contact times, don't leave it for longer um, in that um, in in the tip. And if you go for the air cushion, um, then make sure that you have a smaller maintenance cycle.
0: Okay, uh, thanks, Ulrike. Uh, staying with you, actually. Um, a, a question from uh, Nurania, who who asks: Is the positive displacement pipette available in the Philippines?
2: Ah, that's a very good question. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so the the um, our positive positive displacement um, instruments are called MultiPad M4 and MultiPad E3 or E3X, which is the electronic version. Um, And they are part of the catalog, so they will be available also in the Philippines as they are part of the catalog.
1: Okay,
0: Uh, thank you uh, Ulrike. Uh, Barbara, uh, this one is from Alicia, who asks what type of tips uh, should be prepared filtered or non filtered.
1: Oh, a good question. um, in general, uh, for aqua solutions, um, it's um, absolutely fine to work um, with normal tips without a filter. But um, when you have um, a, yeah, aggressive or um, not problematic, yeah, I, I guess the best word is aggressive uh, liquids. Uh, we recommend uh, absolutely the filter tips um to um avoid the aerosol building inside the air cushion. Uh, We at Eppendorf we have a dual filter tips so um it um sort out um not only um small liquid drops but also really the, the aerosols um and so you you save your um your pipette um with that, so that you avoid in general the aerosols, um, um, but um, in, you have to take aim maybe that you have to work a bit slower. You should always work very slow, <laughs> but um, to work a bit slower um, when you use a uh, filter um, tips because the liquid needs a bit more time to aspirate um, or to, to uh, rinse into the pipette tip. So it really depends. Again, this question is not easy to answer in general um, on the liquid on your application and what do you need.
0: That's great. That's great. Thank you. Actually staying with you there, uh, another question from Vinay, uh, who asks, uh, what, uh, sh- what one should do? What should one do when some viscous, viscous liquid like enzymes stick to the outside of the pipette tip while aspiration?
1: Okay. Thanks for that question. Um, I would say in the first line, line uh, we um, didn't point that out uh, more in detail uh, in the webinar, but you will find that later on in the in the ebook um, about the correct pipetting. Um, to you can avoid that uh, mostly um, because of the immersion depths. So um, a lot of people are not taking care on that. And uh, deep dive with a pipette tip, um, yeah, too deep into the liquid, and then you have um, liquid outside of the of the pipette tip. So the best thing is um, to to really take care on the on the um, depths, to to go with the tip inside the uh, liquid. And so, um, how do you say that? Um, um oh I don't know sorry <laughs> I'm not a native speaker I miss a word but um yeah so use uh, a, a very uh, little immersion depths um this avoids uh, that and um I don't know if I would recommend it you can very carefully when you but but it's 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 a bit dangerous to go um with a with a wipe outside um the Piper tip but then you can um cause a problem that you um it's suck a liquid out of the tip. So it's a bit it's a bit dangerous. If you are really a professional in pipetting, you can do it maybe like that. But the best choice is really to to take care of the immersion depths and and work really, really um on the surface.
0: Okay. So. Uh, thanks, uh, Barbara. Uh, just a few more questions. Uh, staying with you again here uh, from Etefe who, who asks, well, says, thanks for a very informative webinar. And I think you've covered calibration, but uh, this is an interesting question. How often should we calibrate our pipettes? And is there a way you could check this in the lab? Since I heard about weighing some drops, uh, weighing the drops and comparing uh, them with the volume.
1: Okay. Um, so. As uh, I mentioned before shortly, the recommendation, not from us, but from the Isonorm 86552, um, is that you should calibrate your pipette in a calibration lab um, at least one year, uh, one time a year. But this is only a recommendation, and um, it totally depends on your on, on so many things how many people uses a pipette is it only you or are different users working with a pipette what are the type of liquids um are they aggressive then you have to calibrate it more maybe more than one time a year what what uh, recommends your sop if you have one one in your lab in in lots of lots of labs you have defined sops who define that um that period of, of calibration um what else? Um, Ulrike, do you have more points uh, to w- what what could be influence the, um, the aggressive liquids the users? So I would say um, these are the most important topics. So we, we cannot give you an answer. You, do, you have to do it one time a year or every six months. So it really depends, again, on the circumstances uh, in your lab.
2: Yeah, Barbara, this is completely correct. Um, just a side note to that. Um, the ISO 8655, um, as said, this is so. So I call it the Bible of liquid handling. Um, so that's the, that's a standard, an inter- international standard, and um, that recommends um, a calibration at least once a year. Um, and as Barbara said. Um, it belongs very much on the use so it's also the frequency of use how heavy oh, yeah. is the pipette uh, becoming to, uh, used uh, how aggressive are the, the liquids um how many users are there because everybody uses um, the pipette a little bit different um so there is a bunch of different um yeah uh, factors that come into play but there's one thing uh, which is really important and this is please focus on on your analysis so if you have a very sensitive analysis, um, it may be a good idea to um, calibrate the pipette more often um, than when you are you know, doing just pipetting 10 milliliters from A to B. Um, so and there's no, um, no requirement in, in, in terms of the accuracy. So, focus on your analysis, what does your analysis really need, and from that side you can answer um, this question how often a, ca- a pipette should be calibrated, taking into account um, how aggressive is your liquid how many or how heavily is the pipette used.
0: Okay. Thanks. All right, well, we'll, well thank you both. Uh, we have so many questions, <laughs> and uh, to the audience, wow. uh, please be <laughs> assured that, uh, you know that we will. Um, uh, endeavour to answer these questions uh, offline. Uh, the questions will be sent to uh, to the speakers. Um, so that brings us to the end of, of today's webinar. Thanks again, uh, Barbara and Ulrika, for a very illuminating presentation and a great discussion, I think. And, and uh, thanks also to our sponsor, Eppendorf, And uh, finally, thanks to you, the audience, for taking the time to attend and and listen. Uh, So until next time, uh, good luck in your research and goodbye from all of us at Eppendorf and Bite Size Bio. Thank you.
1: We hope you enjoyed this episode of Listen In from Bite Size Bio. To view the full presentation of this webinar or to
2: browse the Listen In series, please see the episode description for links. Finding the right mentor can make all the difference in your research journey. But what if you don't have one? Look no further than Mentors at your Benchside, the podcast that offers curated advice from experienced researchers on lab skills, techniques, and career progression. With short, easy-to-access episodes, you can get the help you need to succeed in the lab. Visit bitesizebio.com forward slash podcasts or search for mentors at your bench site in your podcast app to subscribe and get help and advice from seasoned scientists.